It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Well, we got to talk about it. We can't hide from it. There's an elephant in the room, a purple elephant. It's hiding back here behind me. But we got to talk about it. The Vikings lost 40-3 to to the Dallas Cowboys. But there's something that they can take away from this game that the New York Giants have been through, that other Super Bowl-winning teams had been through. And maybe this is the thing the Vikings had to go through in order to try to win a Super Bowl. But we'll talk about that next, coming up in the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. It's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. It's a beautiful Monday. This is going to be a short week. Three short days. And then we're going to wake up Thursday morning, have a little breakfast, a great brunch, a little dinner early for those like myself that have to work. And then we're going to get to see the Vikings play the Patriots. The best thing that could have happened this week is the Vikings losing on a short week. Why? Because you don't have all week to sit and sulk and tweet about it and get pissed off. By middle of the week, you should have moved on to the Patriots. You should have moved on to a team that only scored 10 points against the Jets, a Jets team that only scored three points against the Patriots. So Patriots defense really good. Patriots offense, who knows? Maybe the Jets and the Patriots both have good defenses. Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams, the Patriots, Tom Belichick, or uh, sorry, Tom Belichick. That's the the birth of uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick. I like Tom Belichick. I like that. That's, that's their kid. But <laughs> to understand what's going to happen this week, We have to go back because it's Monday. It's overreaction Monday. Uh, The national media is going to, you know, kill Kirk Cousins for whatever it's worth. They're going to go after Kirky and do all their things. And who knows? Maybe they they will watch the film and realize it's not all on Kirk. There's some things in this game that we're going to get to in the second segment as well, but that I think the Vikings should have done. And I harped on it on the Vikings fan line last night. I see a lot of tweets when I woke up this morning of people agreeing. I see Baldy's breakdowns, him talking about somebody else doing it. So let's not forget, people, I said it late last night. The hashtag is free CJ Ham, But I'll explain what that means. But remember, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire Roku. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Just go to your Roku TV or go to your Amazon Fire app. Search in your search uh, button. Click Locked On Sports Minnesota in the search. You'll see our show. But Sam, as I bring Sam Extraman, my producer. Sam, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about the Vikings. Mm-hmm. They got absolutely shellacked. Like every adjective and word you can think of for a beatdown, they got it. The fact that you would have told me Nick Mullins was going to play in this game, I would have assumed it was because, and Jalen Naylor, I would have assumed, oh, yeah, the Vikings took care of business. Dalvin Cook rushed for 300 yards. You know, Justin Jefferson did the gritty two or three times. Let's get Nick Mullins in. Let's get Kirk Cousins a rest because it's a short week. No. No. 
we saw Cooper Rush. We saw Nick Mullins. But because it was 40-3, to three, there were some key moments in this game, Sam. And I'll just hit them quick. The TJ Hawkinson drop in the end zone. And then having to come back to TJ Hawkinson and not really having a, a, a true lane to it. But, you know, could have been a better route. Uh, the Zadarius Smith miss sack. And it was only a scramble for one yard, but that could have been a huge momentum shift because then they end up converting mm-hmm. the first down. But they would have been like, you know, second and whatever, second and 17, second and 18, who knows? Uh, but those little moments like that, that changes the game. Seven sacks. Seven sacks is like just getting punched in the mouth repeatedly without protecting yourself. At some point, you got to protect yourself in a fight. And I just felt like, like I, I keep seeing that meme of the dude in Rocky screaming, throwing the towel. Like, that's what I felt like when Kirk Cousins was standing back there flat-footed. But that, that's my takeaway from this game, Sam. And, and we'll get into, like, the max protection stuff and some of the things I think needs to happen. But it, it was just a flat-out beating. Like, honestly, there's nothing, there's nothing to break down. There's nothing to say. Like, to, like Pollard could have had an Al Bundy day. Because Ezekiel Elliott's touchdowns, to me, those could have went to anybody. Yes, he hit a little spin move, and but no, he just pushed forward. Tony Pollard would have got that same touchdown. He should have had two receiving touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. As a running back, he could have Al Bundy that the night he came to Minnesota and just set U.S. Bank Stadium on fire with four touchdowns. But that's my takeaway, Sam. I just feel like, you know what, after you get beat up like that, as a kid, that's one of the things where you go back out in the house, you have a decision to make. You're either going to keep getting bullied or you're going to fight the bully. And you're going to win because we know in all those movies, the rom-coms, you know, the, 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 the Nick Cannon movies that you don't like. Uh, at, at some point, you got to fight the bully. You got to beat him up. You got to fight back. And I feel like that's what the Vikings, the Vikings, the league now is on notice. Man, we can bully these dudes. And that's why, and we'll talk about this. There's two guys I thought could have helped you play bully ball. Mm-hmm. And fans wanted it. Didn't happen. But Sam, what did, what did you get from that game last night? Yeah, bully's a good word, Ron. There really were no redeeming qualities to that performance, any phase. Um, Losing in the trenches the way they did, I felt like exposed. Maybe their lack of depth a little bit. They've been missing Dalvin Tomlinson for three weeks now. Maybe he comes back on Thursday. That would be a big lift for that run defense. Um, But Jonathan Bullard, James Lynch, Kyrie's Tonga, not getting it done against Zeke and Pollard, mostly Pollard. Um, I was relieved whenever they gave it to Zeke. But not only did they get exposed with no Tomlinson, with no Cameron Dantzler, Andrew Booth got exposed on one side. No Caleb Evans, so they were forced to go with Booth, and I felt like that was a mismatch. And uh, and I felt like without Derisaw, that only enhanced the Cowboys' pass rush, now, not having your starting left tackle, one of the best players on your team. So the Vikings are fighting it right now. It's the first time they really had to deal with sort of injuries stacked up like this at key positions and I thought the Cowboys attacked them repeatedly in those spots and they nailed them I mean they had the better game plan they came in the angrier team the more motivated team and the Vikings got punched in the mouth and I think we were we were expecting this at some point Ron but not to the extent we saw Uh, maybe this is a a major wake-up call though for this team maybe they needed this yeah Sam I I agree like I I keep saying 12 and 5 and I didn't know where the 12 and five was going to go. I didn't know where the 12 and five was going to come. Um, I, I kind of said Bills was going to be a loss. 
Uh, I did actually and I have to go back and watch. It's on Vikings.com. Um, I sat down with, I think it was uh, Gabe Henderson and Paul Allen maybe, but I kind of made my predictions. I do it every year uh, for the Vikings.com uh, Entertainment Network. And I, I said 12 and 5, kind of, you know, 11 and 6. But my 12 and 5, I had Saints. I had Bills. Uh, I had Cowboys. I did have the Cowboys in there. Um, and I honestly, I think I had them splitting with the Packers. I do remember that one. And then I can't remember who the fifth loss was, but I, that was kind of – oh, and, I th and honestly, I think early on I had the Colts uh, just because with Matt Ryan, I assume with Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, that's what Matt Ryan was lacking before was a true run game. Uh, and so I was hoping – and the Colts offense line was pretty decent. Uh, so that's where I thought. But, you know, the way they just lost that one, I still say 12-5, and five, you're in the playoffs. Like you win – I think somebody said you win 11 or 12 games or 11 games and, it, and the Packers and Lions and Bears can't catch you. Like, theoretically, you know, theoretically, mm -hmm. the way it's going to work out, it'll be tough for them to catch you uh, unless, again, unless they just run the – one of them runs the table, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, but 11 or 12 games, like, that's – like and, – and so people are, like, panicking as if they're not going to get the two or three seed. Um, uh, is there a chance they could drop down to four? But, yeah, that's the lowest they can go. You're still going to play the five. And then you still have a chance to go play, you know, depending on a higher seed, you know, the one or the two seed, which nobody in NFC scares. I don't think anybody's scared of anybody the way it's set up right now, the way the Eagles almost lost to the Colts. Uh, the, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things, the way that, you know, the Eagles lost to the, the Washington Commanders. But here's my takeaways from the game, Sam. And this is, you know, for some people to just get a little positivity. Here you go. Dalvin Cook had 6.5 yards per rush but he only had 11 rushes, and that was the problem. 72 yards, 6.5 yards per rush. So in my opinion, I thought this should have been a ground-and-pound game. I thought this should have been a game where you play like John Madden and say, look, if you can't stop the run, we're just going to run until you stop it. Who cares? Dalvin, you're going to mow Ibrahim this thing, and it should have been reversed. Kirk should have had 11 throws, not Dalvin Cook having 11 runs. Just keep running until they stop it because, one, you slow the game down, you 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 force your you force them to play your game. Their pass rushers can't do what they love to do best, which is just come after your quarterback. What you see, they are the number one sack team in the NFL. Forty two sacks this season. Like you have to be able to change in game. Go to the coach, the run backs coach, the run game quarter. Hey, what you got down up, man? Let's let's just go. Let's let's run into the because Dalvin started off hot. So why not keep going to him? No, there's I get it. We got to go to Judge Jeff. You don't though. Like, this is one of those games where just keep running the ball. They're not stopping the run. They were the fourth best team in the pass for defense. They were, like, 27th in the run. Like, go after them, and I'm pretty sure that's right. 29th in the run. They have been giving up 143 yards per game, but they were only giving up 181.7 yards in the air, which was third. They were fifth in points, 18.2. So there's a correlation there. Like, they were forcing people into third and longs, and they got the Vikings that way. The Vikings were one for 11 on third down. That's my other takeaway. One for 11 for third downs. That, that, that's not okay. But here's the, the crazy thing about that. They had 16 first downs. If I heard one for 11 on third down, my thought is you didn't get a lot of first downs. But you did. You got 16. So meaning first and second down clearly is a better, you know, it, 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 you have better plays drawn up for there. So keep attacking on first and second down. Come up with a way. And then when you, when you know you have them gas, then you keep running the ball. But those 16 first downs, and I have to go back and watch the tape and, and, and see where the issues start to happen. But one, penalties. We know that. There were some, some inopportune penalties. Um, but, again, it was just a butt kicking. The defensive line pushed the offensive line back. Christian Darisol went out. That didn't help. 
Uh, it just it was one of those things where I thought C.J. Ham should have came in a lot to help out Blake Brando. Like C.J. Ham should have been used a lot more as an as an additional blocker mm-hmm. and, a, and another guy to help Kirk back there. Uh, he's a battering ram. He doesn't shy away from contact. You're, I don't know why you're not using him. Use him. Hashtag free C.J. Ham. I want to see it trending. Hashtag it up. Hashtag free C.J. Ham. He needs to be in there in max protection. My third takeaway. Justin Jefferson is going to have a bounce back game against the Patriots. I, I feel it. Why? Because against the Lions. And, and it could be a trend or it could be a mirage. I might be thirsty and tired and I'm just seeing things. But against the Lions, Justin Jefferson had three receptions for 14 yards. Very next game against the Saints, 10 catches, 147 yards. So not only is that Justin Jefferson having a bounce back, that's Kevin O'Connell realizing, you know what? I didn't do enough again. I didn't do enough to get Justin Jefferson involved in this game. One, Trayvon Diggs is a beast. So you can't just go at a beast. Like, you can't. You got to get tricky. You got to David and Goliath. You got to get a slingshot. Come up with different ways to attack a giant. Trayvon Diggs is one of the best guys in coverage because he played receiver. So he plays the ball. He also got away with a little handsy. He got handsy. He grabbed Justin's shoulder pad. He grabbed the jersey, grabbed the arm. But at the same time, he has long arms. So it doesn't look like he's overreaching to do it. It looks like he just has his hand on it because his arms aren't moving. Like it's, it doesn't, it's bent. It doesn't have a straight, like a, the ref in his mind is like, oh, he's just touching him, which is, is allowed. As long as you don't move him off his spot. But what they don't see is that little slight tug and then let go, pull the arm. Smart kid. Hey, kid's learning. He's a vet. He's a savvy veteran already. He's learning. He knows what he wants to do to get interception. He almost had one too. They almost gave him one. But Trayvon Diggs is good. You can't just go at him. You gotta, you gotta do what you did late in the game, which is motion Justin Jefferson around a little bit. If you're going to use him, use him as a decoy. If they're just going to, if they're going to follow him everywhere, use him as a decoy. And we'll talk about that coming up because there's some things Devontae Adams did and some of the routes that they put together with the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm like, why are the Vikings doing some of this stuff? They've done it in the past. We got to get back to some of this. It's a copycat league. Monkey see, monkey do. You got to do it. But coming up, me and Sam are going to, we're going to jump into a little overreaction or underreact. Should we overreact? Or should we just underreact and be relaxed? Because there's more football. They're 8-2. We can't be mad about that, Sam. You can't be mad about the Vikings being 8-2. But I want you guys to remember, you can check out the Minnesota football parties on Mondays and Thursdays. Get your Vikings fix with Arif Hassan, Luke Emmon, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And I'll be on there on Thursdays because I'm going to make sure I let Luke Braun know that I, this rabbit, like, is it a wild rabbit? Is it a stolen rabbit? It, like going on people <laughs> they make football picks like, well i mean i see people using their kids to make picks but clearly luke doesn't have any kids so he opted for a rabbit i don't know why but he did but we have a word from our sponsors <laughs> betonline.net your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis the cowboys covered they probably should have been favored by more that was the big storyline all week and i guess vegas was right um the new line for Thursday, Vikings favored by three against the Patriots. Favored by three with an over-under of 42 and a half. Not very high. Uh, Vikings three-point favorites at home. You can get that line and plenty more at betonline.net. NCAA football and basketball, NBA, NFL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Get your sports and betting fix. Head to the website today or on your mobile device. Hey, maybe some World Cup, too. Bet online. Where the game starts. I like this. I like overreact. This is because of Monday. Everybody overreacts on Monday. That's the one thing about Mondays, and then you get back to Thursday or Friday, Saturday. This is going to be a Thursday game, so we'll get back Thursday. We'll be like, 
we completely overreacted because you know midnight game should be done fan line should be done and hopefully the vikings at this point are nine and two i'll be heading back home to have a little leftover leftover uh turkey sandwich uh watch a little late tv to kind of get my mind right uh, i'm gonna try to get up early friday and go shopping because i got some things i want to buy uh i do want a tv a new tv even though i have enough i want to sell one on whatever and get a new tv but it's time to overreact a little bit sam because people love overreactions so i'm gonna let you take it away this is the overreaction or underreaction segment on lockdown sports minnesota you, you got it let's start here Andrew Booth Jr. was the starting corner, and he got picked on in this game, Ron. They seemed to really target his side on third down. He got beaten on those slant routes a couple times, and I thought he struggled in the first half of this game when the Cowboys were pulling away. Overreaction or underreaction to Andrew Booth's first career start? Ooh, I'm overreact a little bit. I'm overreact. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't. Uh, there were there were times where, and again, we don't know the coverage. So sometimes when guys lack slack off, uh, you, they they could have thought like, oh, we were in whatever cover two man. So I kind of, but again, cover two man doesn't mean you let your guy go back. Then you have a safety over the top. Uh, whether it's in quarters coverage, and you're like, oh, he's not gonna throw it my way, and then he throws it your way. There's a lot of things. Again, I gotta like I said, I can't wait for this film to be loaded up today or tomorrow because there's there that's some things I do want to see with that. I want to see what the route combination was, what Andrew Booth Jr. saw in the backfield. Uh, when he gave up the, the deep one down the sideline uh, on the opposite side of the Vikings. It was on the Cowboys sideline. And it was, it was very like concerning of like, what's going on over there? Uh, you look at some of the like quick man route stuff. It, it, and every once in a while, I felt like he kept grabbing at his hamstring. Like, you know, was his leg sore? Was he, I know I was like, is he about to pull in Xavier Rose? Like every time he gets beat, he's going to come up hurt. Um, so it, it was, it was a overreact a little bit. Like I was a little bit like, they figured out where he's at. They're going after him. Like, and that's not good because that's what Bill Belichick now, that was Tom Brady. Tom Brady does that. But Bill Belichick is going to get his young quarterback ready. He's going to make sure uh, that he's going to have these guys ready to say, hey, this is, what, this is what they're not good at. That's what Bill Belichick does. He knows what you're not good at and he attacks it. He doesn't go after your strength. He's not going to worry about Daniil Hunter and Zadarius. He doesn't want to let them get going. He's going to go after what he can, which is quick game stuff with the DB that he does not think can get it done. He's not going to go at Patrick Peterson a ton. And so, yeah, so I'm overreacting a little bit on that because I just feel like he can be better. We've seen tapes at Clemson of him being better. Um, but hopefully this is not a trend where down, you know, like, and hopefully, I mean, who knows, the concussion protocol with Caleb Evans, hopefully he'll come back. I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of the year we'd be like, man, I can't wait for Caleb Evans to get back on the field. Um, I personally did say I liked his size, his length. I did talk about him a ton on Twitter as well. So I kind of called it. But I didn't think we would need him because I thought Dantzler and these guys would be healthy. But here we are. And we're hoping to get Caleb Evans back on the field uh, because the second-round pick didn't look good. It didn't. And, and we have to be honest. Now, can he get better? Yeah. He can totally get better. But we'll see what what, what next week brings. And, and the good thing is the Patriots passing game isn't great. Um, so that's kind of the, the bonus. But in the playoffs, who knows what the corner situation is going to look like? You know, is Cam going to come off IR? What, what, where is that going to go? Um, but, yeah, we always said this. A healthy team, they can win it all. These injuries can hurt them. What you got next? All right. Uh, second topic, Ron, penalties. Uh, Kevin O'Connell pointed this out after the game. Seven penalties in this one. The Vikings usually much more disciplined. 
Um, overreaction, underreaction to sort of the sloppy play in this game. It wasn't like, oh, you can't fix this. This guy, just he just has to hold every time because he just can't block. Or this, like the, the offsides procedure, like false starts and all that, you know, that's that's just a nervous offensive lineman like realizing he's, they're, they're coming. They're coming after our quarterback. And that's just nerves. That's just not holding your water, sitting in there. So that stuff's figured. Dalvin Cook, come on. Like, he's not going to do that again. And honestly, we don't know what was said. I personally think at a game in that, at that magnitude and that time of the game, what the ref should have been looking at, she should have turned and saw that the Dallas Cowboys coach had like came over and gestured, even though it's George Edwards and he knows Dalvin, he gestured to Dalvin and Dalvin was pointing at him like, you know, you know what I can do. Um, it, I don't think it was malicious because we know George is not malicious and Dalvin isn't. That's just two guys that know each other, jawing back and forth, having a little fun. I think she should have looked over and realized that because in her mind, Dalvin's talking to the Dallas Cowboys bench, which you cannot do. You cannot point at the opposing opponent's bench. You cannot, you know, try to get at them. But she should have noticed it was a coach because coaches are not allowed to interact with players and they've already made that clear uh, because that's happened where players have punched coaches for grabbing or touching them. And then they had to go back and watch the film and find the coach as well. Like the player gets thrown out because they see the reaction to what happened. But then the coach gets fined because you're not allowed. That's when they come off, help them up, get them back on the field. You cannot chastise players if you're a coach. And players on the bench can't chastise players in the game. So I wish she had kind of maybe looked at it and just turned and said, oh, okay, yep, get back to your huddle. Because um, that's why Dalvin was like, wait, I'm talking to my former, like I know him. Like, what are you doing? You know. So I'm going to underreact to that. I just think a lot of those penalties are fixable. It's not, you know, you know, pass interference. Like if there was a ton of pass interference and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, I would be like, oh, man, these guys can't cover without holding. No, it was procedural stuff. So I'm, I'm good there. All right. I feel like I'm frozen right now. Better? As soon as you said that, you froze. So you got the magic touch. <laughs> Don't say anything. You're going to freeze. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. All right. Here we go. All right. Um, last one here on in this segment. Christian Derisa suffers a concussion for the second week in a row. Um, overreaction to his long-term health concerns, or do you think this will be something that he can shake off in a couple weeks? Yeah, I'm overreact. I, I, that scares me. Uh, we've seen a lot of players with multiple concussions and they don't come back um, because of what the brain, you know, what, what we know now about the brain and everybody. This is the thing. If concussions were an epidemic, and I'm going to use my words carefully because I know how people are. If concussions were an epidemic, everybody would be out. Everybody would not play. The way the human body is created and made. The way God created how babies are made, the way the genomes and everything, but everybody's chemical makeup is different. Everybody handles like Tua. Tua had two bad ones and now look, he's fine. So I'm going to trust the staff to make sure that he's doing right. But this is the difference in Tua and Christian Derisaw. Tua does not have to hit head to head every play. And that's the big difference. Tua can come back. And they're gambling on the fact that he's not going to take another hard hit or get his head slammed to the turf. That's what they're gambling on because he passed protocol. Christian Derisaw passed protocol, but then, of course, he had to bang heads every single play for, you know, whatever, 60 minutes, you know, two, two to three hours of normal clock time. 
um that, that's a lot you're tired you're also banging head i mean you're drowsy you're the like, so at his position of tackle we've seen linebackers retire not say he's gonna do that but multiple concussions or multiple like that feeling of nausea and like something's not right like kudos to him for coming off the field and, and doing that and not trying to fight through it and make it worse um but also you know is he going to want to play through it? Is he going to want to, like, if he feels a little bit off, is he going to say, oh, wait, this is a concussion? Or, you know, I'm just exhausted. Or I'm just tired or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I'm overreacting a little bit. I, I'm, I'm, he, who knows? I mean, we might not see him to like December, whatever, 18th. You know, he might have to take a month off to let his, you know, his head heal and brain heal and, and kind of come back. Um, and that's a lot of football without your best tackle. Now, the good thing is down that stretch, you know, we, we know what that schedule looks like. Hey, this is this is one that I kind of overreact a little bit. Cause I mean nothing against Blake Brando, but Darisaw's the future. He's your franchise tackle. He's the reason why you were doing well. Why Kirk's blind side was protected. A little nerve wracking now. So again, we always we said this in the beginning of the year. This team can only go as far as their injuries take them. If they can stay, if it's Darius and, and Daniel, that was our big one. You know, if they can stay healthy, if Christian Darisaw can stay on the field, because last year we knew he faced injuries. If Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, like all that was a part of this. And here we are. The injury bug is starting to creep in. You got Cram Dancer out. You got a Caleb Evans out. You got Duke Shelley now and, and Andrew Booth Jr. playing. A lot of snaps. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm overreact a little bit. I don't know, Sam, but what do you, like, are you, what do you think about Darisaw? Are you going to overreact or are you like, oh, he'll be back? No, I, I'm going to take the, the head injury thing pretty seriously. Um, I think that's a big issue, and I think that the Vikings need to be sensitive to it too. Like in Especially this season when concussion protocol is really at the forefront, the Vikings have to dot every I, cross every T, and probably give him time beyond the minimum. Like a lot of guys will try to rush back the next week. The Vikings already declared Derisa out for Thursday, and I think that was the correct move. So maybe he plays against the Jets after two weeks off. But I, I definitely am going to take this seriously. Um, it seemed like even when he was playing Ron in the mm -hmm. first quarter yesterday, he didn't seem right. He didn't seem like himself. And I know he's going up against Micah Parsons. Maybe that's just the way Micah Parsons makes guys look. But I think Derisaw came in having allowed no sacks, and he allowed two. Um, and maybe he wasn't 100% after, you know, one week removed from a concussion. So I, I think you got to really tread lightly with the head injury thing and make sure that he's, you know, not necessarily just past the protocol, but he's proven over the course of a few practices that he's back to being normal. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for the underreaction, overreaction segment. Coming up next, we got the daily three. It's going to be a little bit of a change to the Daily 3 today, though. We're going to talk about things that we saw in the games this weekend that we think the Vikings can utilize and must get back to doing. But before we do that, remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and you can find all of our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And now we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks for making the Ron Johnson Show your first listen today. For your second listen, make it Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. 
Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ron, I can tee you up here. Um, I know what you want to talk about. We're going to talk about the Eagles' acquisitions. Um, yeah. And Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph to Philly, and they helped shut down that Jonathan Taylor rushing attack yesterday. What did you make of what you saw from the big guys now anchoring that defensive line for the Eagles? So I think it was Baldy's breakdowns. I'm not sure who posted the videos, and I'm going to go back and watch it myself. Uh, clips are misleading. Let's say that word. I'll use misleading as the word. Clips can be misleading because people can show you four to five clips in a game and make you fall in love with them. So knowing that, I'm going to reserve a little bit of my judgment in this because I haven't watched the entire game. I did not watch the Eagles coach game. Why? Because I was working. I was getting ready for the Vikings game. But when you think about what – you see the clips. There's a clip of uh, Dominican Sue just dominating. There's a click of uh, clip of Linval Joseph. Like, I don't know what the move is called, but he, like, went left. The, the center guard tried to catch up to him. And he basically just made him go to his knees. Like, he kind of leaned back into him. And I don't know if the, the, the center guard was surprised Linval came back at him. But he made him get down on his knees. He hit him so hard. And then Linval kind of disrupts the play, makes Jonathan Taylor go. Uh, next one, him and, uh, him and Dominic and Sue get a sack. Uh, like, I don't know if it's a half sack or if it gave it Linval. Next one, he kind of bullies two guys. Him and him and uh, him and Sue take three on, so two on three, and they win and push them back. Jonathan Taylor has to bounce it. So just seeing that, they bullied that line, and I'm and I was thinking about that with the Dallas Cowboys. They bullied the Vikings offense. They didn't even need to trade. They could have just picked one of those two guys up and to say, hey, "This is all we have to offer before another team." Now maybe. Maybe they did make an offer to Sue and, uh, and Linval, and the, what they had left in the salary cap wasn't enough. We'll never know. But I wish if they had, there was actually a conversation around it, at least so fans know, like, okay, you guys are trying. Now, that doesn't matter. Who cares about suffice and what the fans think? We know that. They don't care. But I truly wish one of those two guys could have been picked up because, one, that's a veteran. That's a that's a three technique, and, and then Dominic and Sue are nose tackle and Linval, either or. Um, that can give you some push. Now, we know Linval is a is a two-down guy. He's only going to really be first and second rundowns. Uh, we know Sue, though, can be your nose tackle on third down. He can be your three technique on first and second. Uh, don't know what that, that, that cardio looks like because he hasn't played, but they both did their job. I mean, they did what the Eagles needed, which was stop the run, be a bully, create havoc, create chaos. And so I just – I really wish the Vikings had made a push to get one of those two guys – because uh, they're, they're going to need that bully down the stretch. Yeah, it seems like the Vikings ran into a cap space problem. I mean, everyone is, is pointing out that they're last in cap space, and really they've only got enough to, you know, to sign like one guy to the minimum contract. And, and I don't mm -hmm. think they probably had the finances to get the, those deals done, even though they're not super expensive. But the defensive line does not have a lot of firepower behind your starters, like behind Harrison Phillips and Dallin Tomlinson, Zedaria Smith, mm -hmm. Daniel Hunter, there's not a lot of depth there, and that would have added yeah. some, some critical depth. So I, I see where you're going with that. Um, let's move on to the Raiders. Devontae yeah. Adams had a big game yesterday, seven catches, mm -hmm. 141, and two touchdowns. What would you like about what you saw from Devontae in Oakland's overtime win? Well, it wasn't so much as just Devontae. It was the play structure. So I really liked some of the routes where it was hard for the DBs. And, and again, these routes have to be set up with plays like this. There was a play 
uh, where Devontae Adams was on one side with number 10. They both look like they're going to run shallow cross and deep over. We know that's a, 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 a route combination. And another guy runs the crossing over. Um, and they've done that. The Vikings have done that in the past. We've seen Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen kind of do this. And we've also seen K.J. Osborne look like he's going to run it over. I think it was a Steelers game. And then take it back high to the corner. Touchdown against the Steelers. I'm pretty sure that was the, that was the game uh, with, with K.J. Osborne. Devontae Adams, in, and they did the same thing. They set it up every once in a while, with over, and then they came back, and it looked like two guys running it over. He stabbed like he was going to run the deep dig over. Safety jumps it. He takes it back high to the corner. Wide open touchdown. Uh, when I look at the play design, one, it is a longer, you know, five, five seconds. It's a, it's a five-step drop type of route, you know, three to four seconds you're going to need. Uh, you're going to probably get hit when you're throwing the ball. But I, I just wish there was some more innovative uh, route. It seemed like, again, it seemed like one of those games where either, and there's the thing, either the Dallas Cowboys had the right coverage for every play that Kevin O'Connell was going, so maybe they are tipping their hat. Who knows what? But it just did not seem like there were like a ton of like, whoa, that was a cool play design. Like, whoa, I can't believe he did. And again, maybe this is a coach overthinking it. Maybe he overthought that like, I don't want to show too much going into Thursday. I want to save some of this for Thursday. We can just beat the Cowboys. But if you're going to do that, then run the ball. Like, I, I just don't I don't understand it. It seems like there's been a regression. Uh, and it could be the hangover from the Buffalo Bills. I mean, there's so many factors into maybe what we saw, but I just wish some of the play design was a little bit more tricky, like we saw like late in the game with the, the no huddle, the tempo. Like start the game off like that. Start the game off with tempo. Do something they're not expected. You know, get them on their heels. They were never on their heels. They were I never felt like the, the Cowboys. We're like, oh, my God, except for that first couple, like, I think, what, the second drive? Except for that, I don't feel like the Cowboys ever felt, like, nervous. I think they just felt like this is our building to the point where J. Ron Curse is celebrating and doing the skull chant. Like, that's a slap in the face. You should be pissed off about that. But, again, going back to the plays, I hope against Belichick there's going to be some, some trickier play design and play calls because if you watch the Jets film, there were some opportunities there. Zach Wilson missed them. Um, and... You know, let, let's hope Kirk Cousins doesn't do it. It didn't feel like the Vikings really adapted to a short game. They needed quick dropbacks, get the ball out of Kirk's hands, get Kirk out of the pocket. And it looked like a lot of seven-step drops. He was just kind of, you know, turtling in the pocket there with all the pressure. There weren't a lot of places for him to go with the ball. And they were behind by so much so quickly they were really left with no choice but to throw, and it just it got out of control really fast. Last one, Ron, you alluded to this. You wanted to see more C.J. Ham in protection. You said mm -hmm. you saw some of that from the Kansas City Chiefs with their running backs last night in the uh, Sunday night football game. Yeah, well, I didn't see it during the game. I mean, I didn't see it specifically because that was a ridiculous, like, I mean, from the Keenan Allen deep ball to the Travis Kelsey, like, he was killing it. Travis Kelsey, I mean, the, the plays they were calling, and so it was basic stuff. Like the touch, that last touchdown where he almost decapitated a person against the wall uh, with the ball. But <laughs> yeah. it was just, a, it was just, a, it was a shallow. But he knew that it was man coverage. Uh, he knew that I think Derwin James was in coverage. He, Derwin James, I don't know if what he was expecting, if he was expecting Kelsey to come at him, but Kelsey just went arrow. He just went straight across, fast as he can. It was a perfect play call against a perfect coverage. Now, if they were in some kind of zone, Kelsey doesn't get in the end zone. He gets blown up probably or it's a pick, but they were in man. He figured it out. I don't know how he figured it out right away, but that's why Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Like he figured it out quick and knew it was man. Kelsey, as soon as Kelsey went, like touchdown. But when you look at 
the blocking. That's what I noticed. I noticed the time he had. Now, also, he did run, though. He did take off running a couple times, and he was decisive. But they put, I think it was Jet McKinnon, or I can't remember, but they put him, like, off to the tackle, like, off the side of the tackle. So instead of being in the backfield and having to take a full-speed running linebacker, uh, they kicked the covers down. They said, you know what? You be on the end. You help the tackle. You go inside. You So now everybody can look inside because they know the, the, the uh, perimeter is taken care of. So the tackle doesn't have to, like, get back and worry about the outside because he knows he has help. So nine times out of ten, the D lineman, if he does go all the way out there, you know you have help. So you, you, you're you going to widen this guy even further. So I just wish, like, C.J. Hill would be used like that. Like, put him one by one off the tight end. Put him one by one off a tackle. Let him lead block in the run game from there. Like, he can motion across and now get a full head of steam. And we've seen guards do this. You know, uh, uh, Randall McDaniel talked about that playing fullback and a linebacker has to come to him. Like, C.J. Ham loves to hit. Let him go in motion and be a lead blocker. Then in the pass game, they don't – so if you bring him in just to do it on passes, they know you're passing the ball because they're like, oh, he's coming in because he's going to be the, the blocker. But if you do that in the run game where he's off the tackle and now you motion him, boom, block. You do that there, boom, you just run play action. C.J. Ham off in the flat now. We know C.J. Ham with the ball in the flat. If he is the guy, he can run some people over and make people miss. Uh, definitely want Dalvin Cook out there for the home run pur purposes, but C.J. Ham is not a guy people are going to pay attention to if he's out in the flat. They're just going to like, oh, yep, he's out there. They're not throwing to the fullback. But I, I just think you have to like three to four offensive plays. You got to have more for him. It's got to be ways to get him in there in pass situations to help the offensive line. When you see seven sacks. I was just hoping for it, but that's that's what I saw the Chiefs. I maybe the Vikings will do it this week. We'll see. Yeah, they're gonna need uh certainly a little help on that left side without Darisaw. And I think that now because you don't have Darisaw, you can game plan this in. I think when they right. believed that they had Darisaw, they thought, okay, we can leave him on an island. Well now you know you need to give Brandle some help. So that should be baked mm -hmm. into the game plan. But, I mean, the Chiefs' tackle is, is good. Like, they just did it in the no huddle. And, and from what Baldy was trying to explain it, or no, it wasn't. It was Jeff Swartz. From doing it in the uh, no huddle situation, too, it solidified that they're only going to rush three to four in no huddle. You know, they're not going to come blitz. Like, they're trying to cover you because they know you're passing. And that just gave Patrick Mahomes extra time to have an extra blocker. You put three to four guys in the route. You have six guys blocked. Do the math. There's one quarterback. There you go. Like six on four, you should be able to win that every time. Double team the most, you know, the two most dangerous guys and everybody help everybody. You help me, I'll help you. Call on me and I'll be there. Whatever, I don't know. When you are we, I will be strong. Helping you to carry on. See, I, they need Whitney Houston to be in that office line room. Rest in, rest in peace, Whitney. But they need to play that song for that offensive line coach and that offensive coordinator. They have to realize, help him. When he's weak, C.J. Ham can help him be strong. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Yep, I can't sing, but I love to do it in the shower. And I'm going to have to do the next show in the shower so you can hear my voice. It's a lot better in the shower. If you want endless Vikings talk, though, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conference is delivering all the biggest news. So like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below and let us know what you think. Eight and two, are you worried about that loss to the Dallas Cowboys? Or are you like, eh, they're eight and two. They're the number one team in the NFC North. They're going to the playoffs. Relax. What is your thoughts? Overreact or underreact? Eight and two, they should have lost that way. But hey, it happened. Let us know what you think and we'll see you tomorrow.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.